Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is pray against a U.S. cataclysm or else. Now, a very unusual thing here. Um, I believe God spoke to me last night, not an audible voice, but I have to tell you the situation. So before I tell you the situation, you're going to be asking yourself this one big question. Do I want, do I want to listen to Stan uh, try to say what is coming to America to speak prophetically? Because he doesn't do that much. So you're right, I haven't done that much in a long time, but I want to tell you why I think it is important. First of all, uh, Leslie and I both have given 5,000, over 5,000 personal prophecies each. I have stood many hours in line with total strangers walking up to me and giving them personal prophecy, which they recorded. And I've also uh, conducted, organized, conducted 70 three-day, three days, 9 to noon, 2 to 5, 7 to 10, three-day Power of Jesus Crusades, which, by the way, we are trying to get one scheduled for May 17, May 17 to 19 uh, in 2024. We will, don't write that in your calendar, set yet, but I'll let you know. And in these Power of Jesus Crusades for three days, what Leslie and I did was teach people the baby steps in starting, getting started to hear the voice of God, to prophesy to another person. And everyone that attended received a personal prophecy from, from a senior prophet. And many of those went on to have a fourth day where that's all I did all day long was teach them how to give a personal prophecy. Now, it's kind of like not exactly my thing to do. I do it kind of as the Lord directs me. And here's the way it works with me. Normally, he will show me a vision. And it's not that the whole room disappears. It's just that I can see something. And when he shows me this, then I go on to describe it, and I know supernaturally what the vision is saying. And this happened. It, it, all of a sudden, it turned on again. It's been kind of dormant for many years now. But when I was in Honduras, it turned on again. Let me give you an example. So we went up. <laughs> literally, we pulled along the road. And we walked up this small little trail up to what you would say is along the side of like an interstate, two-lane road. We went up to these people's houses. They had dirt floors and very, very poor. I'm not going to go into all of that. But I walked over to one little girl, and she was approximately nine, maybe ten years old. And she was sitting down with her legs crossed in front. And as I walked up, The Lord spoke to my heart, and I reached down and I touched the front of her legs, down like on her shin area. And I said, these legs are going to take the gospel to a lot of people. And I went on saying some other things, which I don't necessarily remember. Then I went on and prophesied to her older brother and the other older brother. And by the time I got done prophesying to the other two, the pastor that was with me, very, very, one of the most powerful speakers I've ever seen in my life. And he turned and he pulled up his cell phone and through the interpreter, he said, this was her a few months ago. She was in a terrible accident. She could not walk. She was going to be in the wheelchair for the rest of her life. And he showed me a video. He walked over and put his arm around her and literally lifted her up by his own strength out of the wheelchair and she started walking. 
and he said that a metal pin fell out of her knee onto the ground. And it was in exactly the same place where she was sitting when I put my hands on her, prophesied that these legs were going to take the gospel to many people. Well, I was greatly encouraged by that. But the story is not over. So we walked probably 50 paces over to another house, and I was introduced to an old man and an old woman, and, uh, and also probably their daughter. And so they said, we'd like for you to pray for this old man. Uh, he's got some, some pain on the inside, and he's hurting, and he needs, he needs prayer. So I started to lay hands on him, and I turned around, and this little 9 or 10-year-old girl is standing by me. And the Lord speaks to my heart, and he says, have her pray for him. Okay. So I walked her over next to it, and then the interpreter says, this is her uncle. Okay, fine. So I put her hand up on his shoulder, and I said, you're going to pray for him. Again, it was interpreted in Spanish. And I told her what to say. In Jesus' name. And then when she was done prophesying, the Lord spoke to me again. He showed me a vision. And I saw this little girl, kind of like Catherine Kuhlman. I saw this little girl, now a teenager at this time, a little older than what she was, wearing a white dress, standing in front of thousands of people, speaking to them. What I saw was kind of like Catherine Kuhlman, if you know that name. I mean, this lady had a very, very big and powerful ministry of healing. And I said, I see you standing there in a white dress. God is going to use you to speak the gospel and to bring the gospel through healing, through your legs, to thousands of people. So I think that was confirmed in that just a few months earlier, she was crippled, crippled for life. And when the pastor got up out of the chair, a metal pin fell out of her knee. And then, of course, Stan comes along through the power of God, touches her legs and says, these legs are going to take the gospel to a lot of people. Now, with that in mind, let me tell you what happened last night. Again, apparently this gift got turned on, me, uh, turned on to me again in Honduras because I prophesied to a lot of people. I prophesied to several pastors. I mean, like another pastor, I walked up, and this was the biggest and nicest church we, I, I spoke in, probably at least 300, maybe, maybe 500. Somebody said, I think, 500 people there. And as we were just about to walk out, he was just about done. He had taken them. I was finished speaking. He taken the microphone back. I turned to him, and I said, I see an airplane. And I saw an airplane, like, flying right through him. And I walked up, and I said some other things. Well, after I was done, he said, and I leave in two days on an airplane. Well, that's unusual for Honduras because they don't have any money. They barely have money to eat, much less get on an airplane. So again, several, there was many confirmations. Now, so here's what happened last night. So I got ready to say, I, I finished the fast track, which very long, very powerful fast track. And I was talking about how God broke my heart. He broke my heart in Honduras. He broke my heart. I'm not going to talk about that today. I can't talk about it. I'll start crying. Anyway, so last night getting ready to send out the fast gap. Now, let me explain. Fast track was started about a thousand weeks ago because we're on like 985, week 985 or something like that. 
and it's to pray for Prophecy Club and for the Johnson family. It has about 1,500, almost 1,600 people that get it every week, whereas Fast Gap was started like, uh, I think it was like 85 weeks ago. Um, I, I think that's where we're up to, I don't know, 67 or whatever the number is. It has about 800 people on it. And I tell people I never send product offers. I never ask for any donations. This is just for people that want to fast and pray. Fast track is to pray for Prophecy Club. Fast gap is to pray for America. So I started preparing for fast gap. And the way I'll do this is I open up Word and I start typing. And keep praying, Lord, what do you want to say? It's your people your kingdom, your message, what do you want to say to them? And (laughs) I was going to talk about Israel, and I kept getting yawns. Now, if you're new to Prophecy Club, the story on that is years ago, God started speaking to me through yawns. When it was a no, when I wasn't supposed to do something, I would get a yawn. When he was saying, yes, do this, I will get an anointing touch. It feels several different ways, and I'm not going to go into that. But last night, as I'm preparing, I kept getting a yawn. So I thought, all right, well, Lord, you know, maybe you want me to, talk, uh, to ask him to pray for this. And I still got yawns. So I said, all right, <laughs> what do you want to say? It's your people. It's your message, your kingdom, what we're doing here. What do you want to say to your people? And it started coming to me. I mean, it was coming to me like it was in Honduras, uh, you know, and, and again, I, I don't flow too much in prophetic words, but apparently it got turned on again in Honduras. So I'm going to tell you what I put in Fast Gap last night. By the way, if you want to join Fast Track or Fast Gap, you just go to prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com, slide to the bottom, you can sign up. Here's what we normally do. Normally... Tuesday night, midnight, to Wednesday at 4 p.m., we ask people to fast. Don't hurt yourself, we say. You know, still take your meds. It's just ask for you to avoid food. Drinking juice and coffee and things like that, that's fine. And again, I never send product offers. I never ask for donations. And you can quit anytime you want to. But surprisingly, we actually have very few people that quit. Once they get on there and see what we're doing, they like it. Okay, now... Let me get on to the, the, the last night. So as I'm sitting there, this is what I hear. I hear, the way I said it was, there's about to be a cataclysm hit America. Now, I didn't even look up the word cataclysm until just a few minutes ago when I, I kept praying, Lord, what do you want to put on the program today? And he said, just like I said last night, I want you to tell him a cataclysm is about to hit America. Okay, so I looked up cataclysm, and when I looked it up this morning, it made sense. So here's what I pulled off the internet for the definition. It's a violent upheaval that causes great destruction or brings about a fundamental change. Fundamental change. So something big is about to change in America. Second definition is a violent and sudden change in the Earth's crust. So is this trying to say that we're real close to the big earthquake that's coming? You know, I, I, I wish I could tell you. I keep asking God, and he, he, for whatever reason, he decides he's not going to tell me a lot of things. Uh, 
So this is all I got. So let me go to you. This is what I sent out to Fast Gap. And let me go through each point and I'll explain to you what I felt in my heart. So it started. A great cataclysm is about to hit America. One that will go a long way to destroy this nation. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's suitcase nukes. I don't know if it's the dollar falling. I don't know if it is, uh, you know, a big earthquake. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I still don't know. I'm just telling you, we got to pray against a big cataclysm. One that will do more than send Americans to their knees. Much bigger and more cataclysmic than that. The big one. This one is so big that if we don't start praying now, immediately, not many Americans will be alive and not much of America will be left. The thing, and, and, and so as, as, as I wrote that, then he began to bring scriptures to my, to my heart and I would look up the scripture. And so let, let me reread the last paragraph. This one is so big. If we don't start praying immediately, not many Americans will be alive not much of America will be left. The thing I fear the most has come upon this nation. Then he took me to this scripture, Joe 3, 5, For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come into me. As America has played the harlot and gone away, the path, gone away from the path of righteousness and the love of Jesus, she has said in her heart, I can never fail. And what came to mind was, you know, like the banks, they say, are too big to fail. That's in the heart of America. Then the scripture came to my mind from Revelation 18. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart is set a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Most Americans aren't even thinking that anything bad could come to America. Most Christians do not think that they will ever see anything bad come to them. And that's what he's saying. The thing that you fear the most is about to come upon you. The thing that you won't listen to will come upon you. Now let's go on to the next one. God will not see. This is what Americans say. God will not see. And if he does, he will do nothing to me. The time has come for great calamity to hit America. Those that know how to fast and pray must do so now, or very little will remain of your once great nation. Now, what I got was, let me read one more sentence, then I'll explain. I'm calling my prayer warriors to war. Not just a little prayer, but a serious prayer. As a matter of fact, I went on to Fast Gap. Now, Fast Track is still doing this Tuesday evening, uh, Wednesday afternoon, 4 p.m. prayer. But for the fast gap people, for the people that pray for America and asking them to do a three-day fast, I'm extending that from Wednesday at 4 p.m. to Friday at 4 p.m. A three-day fast. I'm asking fast gap. And if you want to join them, I, I would love to have you. Three-day fast. Anyway, I'm calling my prayer warriors to war. To war a good warfare. Then the word, the, the scripture came to mind. 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Now, what 
Paul is saying here to Timothy is, look, you've been prophesied some really good things, but you've got to pray that those things come in. By him giving me this scripture, he's saying, I've warned you about some really big, bad things that are coming to you, America. And if you don't war, I mean, if you don't go to war against them, they will arrive. They will arrive hard and fast, but you can soften and to a certain degree delay. But what I got is this one that you can't pray this away. I don't know what it is. I mean, there's plenty of things on the list that can happen to America. I don't know what it is. But the point here today is it doesn't matter what it is, but God is saying, America, you best pray. This is a bad one, and it's about to hit. Now, don't forget, you know, uh, Coverstone had the, the date November 3rd. I don't know that that's anything coming on that. There was another one November 8th. I don't know about that. I don't know the date. I don't know what it is. All I know is I was told to have... Matter of fact, I uh, when I was when I was typing this up, what came to my heart is he says fast gap, your fast gap group of eight hundred people that fast and pray for America is like a big sledgehammer in the spirit, and he wanted us to know that our prayers, brothers and sisters, are very very powerful. When we pray the same prayer, the same fast, the same day, it comes pounding into the spirit world. And that's the reason he had me change what I was going to do. He, it's real serious. I'd, I, I'd love to be able to tell you what's coming. But that was not the point. The point is, if we don't fast and pray, we're going to be living in a different world, and it's not going to be pretty. That's what it was laid in my heart. Let's go on. It is time to fast and pray and get on your knees and fast. Get on your knees and face and repent for your nation or little will be left. Time of delay has ended. The time of great destruction has arrived. Seek me with your whole face. Turn not to the left or the right. This is the time of great miracles and great calamity. Both come as a two-sided coin. Do not be distracted. Do not let the cares of this life distract you. And that's where he spoke to my heart in this verse. Luke 8, 14. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. What came to my heart was that, yes, if you ask Christians to pray and fast, they will for a little while, but they get caught up in the cares. They get caught, they got a job, got kids, you know, I got things I got to do, you know, got, well, this one, he's saying this one, this one's more important than kids. This one's more important than the job. This is more important than the normal cares that are so, so, so important. We don't pray on this one. We don't have to worry about the job. We don't have to worry about the kids because what is about to happen is going to shake everything. We can't get choked up with cares and riches and pleasures. We can't let anything stand in our way. That's the reason I'm calling for a three-day fast. I've already started the fast. 
by the time many of you hear this, uh, part of the fast will be gone. If you want to go beyond that and do a total three-day fast, that's fine. And I'm going to give you the actual prayer to agree with us to pray every day here in just a second. Things like job, family, entertainment that do so easily beset. And then he brought this verse to mind. Wherefore, seeing that we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, in other words, the weight of the world, and let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. Patience means don't quit. Patience, the race that is set before us. He's saying, this is big, this is bad, and it's about to hit. And we don't have the hammer of the Spirit, the fast gap team praying. It's going to be real bad. It's coming. What I got is, you're not praying this away. This is coming. It is coming. And it is coming hard. It is coming fast. And it is coming soon. He wouldn't tell me what. He still hasn't told me what. He's just saying, better listen. You better listen. On this one, you better listen, you better fast, you better pray. Not kidding. Not only repent of your personal family, but also repent of the sins of your nation. Your nation has sinned grievously, and my anger has come up in my face. Then the scripture came to mind. Jeremiah 33, 5, they come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men, whom I have slain in my anger. Now, here's the part talking to America. Who have slain in my anger. And in my fury, and for all whose wickedness have I hid my face from this city. There's a lot of prayers that God is hiding his face from right now. They're coming from people of wickedness. They call themselves Christians, but they're full of all kinds. Well, as Dimitri was told, in the church there's abortion, adultery, fornication, sodomy, divorces, and all kinds of sin. Jesus doesn't live in sin. He lives in holiness. All right, let's go on to the next one. America was once the golden cup in my hand, but now it's become the habitation of devils. Jeremiah 51, 7 and 8. Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. Is made all... Now, hang on, let me explain. So, I met Dimitri in 1987, and somewhere around 88 or 89, I sent off a letter to Ray Brubaker of then God's News Behind the News. And in those days, he was it when it came to Bible prophecy. And there was no one else. He had an annual meeting of all of the prophecy people. Of course, they were all believing in pre-trib. And I asked them to invite to Dimitri Dudeman to come and speak. Sure enough, they did. Dimitri told me this story. He says, so I'm sitting there waiting for them to introduce me and I'm hearing of all of these people. All of these people talking about pre-trib, which was wrong. I'm hearing them say, because this was the time when we were about to go to war with Saddam Hussein. They were all quoting verses from Jeremiah 51 saying, oh, well, Babylon's going to fall and America's going to be victorious. And he said to his heart, he says, Lord, he said, what do I say? Because all the, the, these people have it wrong. What, 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 what do I say? And the Lord spoke to his heart and said, Go up there. I will tell you what to say. Okay. So he told them to turn to Jeremiah, to this verse, Jeremiah 51 7. He said, You see where it says, Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand? 
He said, what, to what God does Saddam Hussein pray to? Of course, they all said, well, Allah. He said, because they were saying that this is talking about the Babylon as in Iraq. He said, this is not talking about Iraq. This is talking about America. Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. Hath been, been, as in past tense. Hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. But now she's made all the earth drunken with the nations of drunken of her wine. Now wine is sin. Who took sin to the world? Well, it used to be America taking the Bible to the world. But now we're the ones that make the movies, the music, the porn, the internet. Okay? I was just in Honduras. Turn on TV, guess what you see? You see American movies that are subtitled or they have a Spanish Spanish voice saying what is said. In other words, we are teaching the rest of the nations of the world to fall away from Jesus. That's what he's saying. Has made all the earth drunken. Has made all the earth start sinning. That's why God destroys us. Has made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken and wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. And they literally are angry at destroy, that America has destroyed them. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Suddenly as in one hour. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain. If so, she may be healed. Well, the, the time for healing is gone. Time for judgment has arrived. Then I heard Revelation 18. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great has fallen. Is fallen. Now, I think these words right here where it says the great, boom, right there. I think Donald J. Trump gave us that name when he said, Make America Great Again. Till then, there was a people that would, you know, mention, well, America's the greatest nation in world history and things like that, you would hear. But after Make America Great Again, that got hung on us. I think that's where God hung it. Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen. Now, has fallen means we fall two times. The first time we fall because of sins in the church. The second time is at the very, very end when Jesus returns, and that's because in America is where all the Christian, most of the Christian blood is spilled. They, there is a mass killing of Christians in America. Purging, okay? Remember the movies Purge? That's what it's talking about. Purging the Christians. Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, has become the habitation of devils. In other words, where devils live. And if you look at the younger generation, they don't know the Bible, they don't know Jesus, and they don't want to know. And the hold of every foul spirit, in other words, where all the demons live, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. You know, we used to be a nation of love. We used to be a nation where you didn't have to lock your doors. Now, and that's one of the things I saw all over Honduras, you see it all over Mexico, and you see bars on the windows, bars on the doors. You see iron bars on everything. Why? Because of so much sin, because so much evil there. Well, that's coming to America right now. I mean, they're putting up bars and windows. And uh, I, when we would go into a store in Honduras, there would be a man standing, sometimes two, uniformed officers standing there with a sawed-off shotgun. You got the message. You start trouble here, and you're a dead man. Matter of fact, we even took a picture. I, I, I'm not prepared to show you the picture. We what, we had to talk. We had to give him a donation. Let us t- take a picture of the guy. Anyway, let's go on. A nation shall come from afar. This is for the verses I got. 
A nation shall come from afar to destroy your nation. For out of the north there shall come up a nation against her, which shall make her land desolate, and none shall dwell therein. They shall remove, they shall depart, both man and beast. I have warned and spoken by my holy prophets, but my nation America has not listened to my warnings. Now the time of warning has passed. It is now time for great cataclysm to hit. Luke twenty four twenty five came to mind. Then he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. America won't listen. Won't listen, won't read their Bible, won't go to church. What is it? What is coming, you say? I've already told you many times by many prophets that America would not hear. Now is not the time for specific events. Now is the time for fasted, urgent prayer. Or else. There's that word, or else. Or else I'll come to you and fight against you. Then the verse, Revelation 2.16, Repent, or else. I will come to thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Sword of my mouth, that's the morning star. That's when he returns on the Feast of Trumpets. So, I'm calling for three days of fasted prayer. Now, that's for the Fast Gap team. And if you want to join them, that's fine. It's an option. You don't have to. But I don't think it's hard for you to believe. Even if I hadn't said I believe God spoke this, it's not hard to accept the things we've heard. I'm calling for three days of fasted prayers. I'm calling for us to all say the same prayer about the same time, three times a day, for three days. All in use, this is the time for weeping and wailing, either by prayer or by cataclysm to hit. Your choice, America. Choose it, prayer or cataclysm. This is not a time of rejoicing, but a time of fasting and prayer. In Nehemiah 1.4, it says, It came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. That's what he's saying we need to do. The next verse, Daniel 9, 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer, supplications, and fasting, and sackcloth and ashes. Today, that means that we get on our face. And we ask Jesus to forgive our sins, but then we pray the same prayer which I'm about to give you. Matthew 17, 21. How may it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting? We've got to do some fasting and prayer. Luke 2.31, she was a widow of about fourscore years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So, I'm going to encourage you to join Fast Gap. We're asking people to fast from 4 p.m. Friday, October 27th, 23, uh, whenever you run across this. It'll stop Friday, 4 p.m. And we're going to ask you to pray this prayer Morning, noon, and night. It's not complicated. It's not long. Lord, forgive my sins, the sins of my family and my nation. As Daniel prayed, our nation has fallen and has grievously broken your laws. America is deserving of cataclysmic judgment long ago, but we beg for your mercy again. Your mercy is long and your judgment harsh, so we ask for your mercy for our nation. We lift up our voice in unison, fasting and praying, knowing our prayers are mighty through your strength. Spare us, Jesus. Spare us from the terrible cataclysm. In Jesus' name, 